Which Bengals do you need to start with no Jamar Chase available to Cincinnati this weekend? How do you handle the Seahawks running back situation? And what are the moves that you need to make to get to the top of the FFPC main event and the Fantasy Pros Championship Championship Round leaderboards? Plus, the seventh place team owner in the Fantasy Pros Championship, John Donaldson swings in to talk to Tavian Wicks, Jake Ferguson, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you, Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com, MyFFPC.com, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. You may know me from the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network and the FFPC. Coming up on tonight's show, Farrell and I will go hard on the Cardinals pass catchers, Sands. Marquise Brown, what you should be doing with Austin Eckler in week 16, and much more. Plus, the seventh place team owner in the Fantasy Pros Championship, John Donaldson, is going to join us in about 13, 14 minutes or so to break down Cortland Sutton's bounce back, Jarek McKinnon, and much more. If you want to connect with us on X, you can do so at HSFF Hour, at Eric Balkman, and always check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFF Hour. You can also email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, send them in now. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails uh, in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend Bryce and our producer and mutual friend Rob. In case you have not noticed, we now have three weekly challenges uh, with the FFPC. Now, it's too late for you to join the Thursday one because that locked uh, Thursday night at kickoff. But you can still join the Saturday one or the Sunday one at myffpc.com. There's no draft. There's no salary cap in these. You just choose 10 or 12 players uh, by Saturday's kickoff, which tomorrow I think is at 430 uh, or Sunday's kickoff, which will be at 1 p.m. Either one of those uh, challenges are open for you. Those are the deadlines. Watch the points pile up and uh, only one player per team. That's the other thing. There's no stacking in this contest. You can't pick two players from the same team. You can enter for $35. You can enter for $200 and win up to $2,500. Uh, don't forget that this is the exact same format as the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge. Uh, we have two of them this year. There's two great contests with the same awesome format. Again, no draft or salary cap. Just choose the 12 players you want through the duration of the postseason. You don't switch them out after games. Once you lock them in by that first wild card game, they are locked in for the duration of the postseason. You can win $500,000 if you want to enter with the $200 entry fee, or you can win $100,000 if you enter with the $35 entry fee. Again, that is myffpc.com. Remember to like, subscribe, uh, comment, share, and get notified. Share this with your friends. Share it with your enemies. Uh, so every time we go live, you will be able to tune in for these uh, broadcasts that we have on the FFPC YouTube channel. In case you missed it, we had Darren Armani on on Tuesday uh, on the uh, Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, and we will have uh, another show with another great guest coming up on next Tuesday. I'll tell you who that is at the end of the program. And then in case you missed it last night, we had Pat Fitzmorris from Fantasy Pros on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show. Uh, we cut it up for two hours, helping you with Week 16 lineup decisions. Uh, that you can check out on any of the FFPC socials and read that, uh, watch that back in case you missed it before. Uh, let's welcome him in right now, ladies and gentlemen. You follow him on the X at KFFSC official at Jay Farrell Elliott. And of course, he is the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, a contest that you should be playing at at KFFSC.com. Season's greetings, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to the incomparable Farrell <laughs> Elliott. Welcome in, buddy. 
Hey man, it is good to see you and thank you. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm having a little Christmas spirit down here in Kentucky, Balky. How about yourself? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm always in the Christmas spirit year round. It's it's hard not to be, right? Just I got what... kind of excited when I saw who our guest is tonight, and and also how well some of our uh, regular contributors in the uh, chat room are doing uh, in the FFPC main event. And Balky in the in Kentucky this week, near and dear to your heart. Um, we actually had, at the conclusion of last week, a three-way tie at first place. Three teams locked in at 489 points. Yeah. So it, it's just it's just fantastic. You know, Drew Maselli, um, one of them, uh, longtime uh, uh, friend of of the FFPC, um, Randy Lavender, who I think you might recall meeting Balky back, mm-hmm. back in the day. You know those guys. Those guys are. Uh, uh, you know, I, I would say we've had the senior most leadership in the, in the KFFSC that we've had in a while. And then Bip Lab Mandel would be the other one. Uh, t- and, you know, Bip Lab, it's not so much age as it is about service, you know, making sure he misses his service uh, updates because, you know, Bip Lab is put together with uh, spare parts of humans and a computer program. So, it, it, it you know, he'll be all right. He will be all right. Uh, oh, there are three guys. Always a menace at the top of the leaderboard, whether you're talking KFFSC or the FFPC. He's a tough guy to knock off that perch, is Bip Lab Mandel. Hey, let's go to the YouTube chat right now. Uh, our resident Ivy League professor joining the conversation. Uh, he wants to know which tight end should he go with this week. Um, I'm assuming this is KFFSC because if it was FFPC, I'd say, hey, start them both. Um, yeah. You can't do that. Uh, or, but you probably wouldn't want to do that in KFFSC. Is it Dalton Kincaid, who is against the Los Angeles Chargers, or is it Jake Ferguson, who is at Miami? Farrell, I lean more towards Ferguson this week. What say you? I watched Ferguson play football, and I'm going to start him over a lot of tight ends. Next year, I'm going to draft him over a lot of tight ends. And I'm not sure exactly um, what's going on with some of the uh, the Buffalo receivers, but you can see where the offense runs through now. He, you know, we picked Stefan Diggs to have a, a tough go this past week, despite the, the fact that the team did real well. He didn't. I'm ready to put my effort behind uh, Ferguson. He is a Badger. I'm, I'm representing with my yeah. Bucky Badger sweatshirt on tonight, so I am a little bit biased if it comes to that, Kern. Just keep that in mind. Uh, John Terry, another former guest of the show, friend of the show, he's got a difficult uh, decision to make. He's in sixth place in the main event right now. And he has to flex out one of these guys, Tajay Spears, Elijah Moore, Devontae Parker, or Rondale Moore. Um, he needs some help. Now, we'll lead into this a little bit by saying uh, Marquise Brown, because of a heel injury, is already out against the Bears. Greg Dortch, also questionable to suit up against Chicago. He's got a shoulder issue as well. Brown really hasn't been healthy for a while. So you'd think Trey McBride is going to be a huge portion of, of the um, the pass-catching pie in Arizona. Michael Wilson is certainly going to have his say there. So what about Rondale Moore? What about these other guys, Farrell? If, if, is one of these guys standing out as a guy that uh, John Terry should be flexing this week in the main event championship round? John Terry, who is the guy you expect that could score the most points in this matchup? That, 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 that sounds like a real dumb – no – Let's try, this Let's try this again. Who's the guy that you think could have a spike week? Is it Spears? Could he, you know, could he bust a big run? He looks good carrying the ball. He looks good catching the ball. Parker had a 16-point game earlier in the season. That was about his best effort. Is 16 points going to win this for you? I don't know if it is. Um, okay, Rondell Moore. Um, I, I, this, he's been sort of the mystery man when he's been in Arizona and, you know, one of my favorite players from this past draft is finally getting to play a little bit. So for, for dynasty and players that are coming here to draft, uh, in, in the Super Bowl Sunday, uh, sweet 16, um, look, Elijah Higgins at that team, four targets and a touchdown, 44 yards last week. So, uh, I don't know, buddy, I'm thinking maybe Spears. I think, okay, so I think Spears, if I was playing in a closed 12-team league, I think it'd be Spears for me. But mm-hmm. I'm. But John Terry is not. He's playing in this national competition. And he's mm-hmm. trying to beat out hundreds, thousands of teams, whatever it is, in the championship round. Um, Joe Flacco 
And, and I know he's in sixth place. I know he's in sixth place. So it's he, he wants to protect the lead, and Spears might be the, the choice there. I'm going to stump for Elijah Moore here, and here's why. Since Joe Flacco took over as the Cleveland Browns starting quarterback, he has thrown 44, 45, and 44 passes. His, his arm is clearly fresh, Farrell. He hasn't been throwing mm-hmm. all season, and now he's throwing it like it's going to go out of style. 254, 311, and 374 yards in those games as well. To me, Elijah Moore represents the biggest chance for a huge week, and I don't think you're sacrificing a lot of floor there by playing Moore over Spears. So while Spears would be my choice in the 12-team league, I think I'm going to say Elijah Moore here is the guy I would start and flex out if I'm John Terry. If this is a test, John Terry, I'm looking over Balky's shoulder. I'm I'm marking through Spears and writing down Elijah Moore. I'm following Balky. And, and yeah, I think back to how Flacco has looked throwing the ball. And, you know, what has Flacco got to lose? He's he's probably having the time of his life. He's seen confidence and perhaps good health is what we're seeing uh, with Flacco. So okay, yeah, I'm 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 following up with you, but you know I, that's a that's a tough situation. I don't know how the hell he got those four guys on his team anyway. Should have done better in the waiver wire, John Terry. You're better, you know. Come on. Well, again, this is probably a second flex. He's probably he probably already yeah. locked Olave and Nakua. I wonder how many times he's played Elijah Moore this year. I, that's what I'd like to know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That that'd be a good question for him. Um, look at this, uh, from, uh, ready, our man ready in the, uh, watching us on YouTube tonight. Um, he's got to start a running back three receivers and flex one. This is uh, full PPR here. So between those running backs, I'm going to play Robinson over Barkley and Chandler. He's got to pick three of those receivers. So he's got to sit one. I think I'm leaning towards sitting Ridley there. Um, and then if you got a flex one, I, I guess I'd probably be flexing Barkley here. So I'm going to go. Yeah. Robinson, Barkley, Adams, Metcalf, and Higgins. I think that's the way I would roll. Those are nice problems to have. Right. Yep. Uh, Reddy also has uh, uh, Darren Waller, Dalton Kincaid, Farrell. I, I think it's Kincaid. Waller, I just can't trust at this point. You know, coming back first week off of IR, I'm going to go with Kincaid here. Waller Waller got what last week? Seven, eight points. He did. Did he play last week? Points. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he oh, played. All right. But it, yeah, let's let's go with Kincaid. Dawson Knox. Uh, Dawson Knox did not contribute last weekend, is my understanding, even though he was active for the game. So, yeah, let's go with Kincaid. Yeah, I'm, I'm just seeing it now. Four for 40 for Darren Waller against the uh, the Saints last week. So, uh, And then Kenny stayed trill. Full flex. Uh, excuse me, full PPR flex. He's got to start one wide receiver, two flex here. Uh, Higgins, Ayuk, Mixon, Bijan Robinson. I'm playing Ayuk for sure. Um, and I got to sit one of these other guys. I think I'm sitting Higgins here. So Ayuk, Mixon, and Bijan is who I would go with. You're, you're going to sit Higgins in this situation? I would sit Higgins, yeah. I mean, the volume, on the, bench. The, the volume for Mixon, the volume for Robinson, I'm going to go with those two. And Ayuk, I, I, I'm a, I've been a huge fan of this year. I know he's got the tough matchup on, on Christmas night against uh, the Baltimore Ravens, but I think he's too talented and too good. And that Reiner's offense is humming too good right now to bench him. I, I question Bijan Robinson when we talk about uh, volume because, uh, you know, 60% of the plays doesn't suggest volume plus musical chairs at quarterback. Higgins, uh, you know, there were 10 or 11 Cincinnati Bengals that caught balls last week. Nine to the tight ends. Balky, you'll be happy to know Herb caught two. Herb, Herb caught <laughs> I'm two. thrilled. It's, it's now it's a Merry Christmas, Farrell. Yeah. Now it's a Merry Christmas. Uh, you know, the, the guy I like, Tanner, caught five. Um, okay. Um, yeah, again, that's those are those are problems to have, but I'm not gonna put Higgins on the bench. I'm gonna figure out a way to play Higgins. Okay, all right. So you're saying that uh yeah, uh, Barney Newkirk, that's yeah. a horrible <laughs> problem to have. Um yeah, and, and by the way, John Terry's saying this. Uh, he's saying the Philly defense is not great any longer. Yeah. And I would say for fantasy purposes, he's probably right. You know, and and I don't know if it, it coincided with Matt Patricia taking over. I think before Patricia became the defensive coordinator uh, this season, I think they were already having problems. You can see some cracks in the wall there. So I'm with him on uh, on that. Um, and then uh, the last one from Reddy. I think we answered this already. Barkley over Chandler. I'm saying yes. Yeah, you, you have to, although I really didn't see what everyone had to say. Everyone who was high on Chandler in the preseason, you can certainly see why now. I think the, uh, you know, Barkley, I, I know as Hudson just pointed out in the uh, in the chat, um, 
Eagles are still tough against the run, but Barkley's going to catch passes too. So, and, and I know Chandler will. I know he gets the lines. I still like Barkley a little bit better than Chandler. It is close though. Um, we talked about Marquise Brown. We talked. Let's talk about Jamar Chase here for a second, and I'm going to let you expound on T. Higgins here. Um, uh, Chase is out for the uh, Steelers game this week. He has an AC joint sprain um, after they uh, won in overtime last week. Ian Rappaport, um, after the injury, said that week 17 is no sure thing with Jamar Chase. So he may be out for the championship round. He talked about um, the how Jake Browning distributed the football uh, this past week when Higgins, uh, beg your pardon, when Chase was out. Higgins is the guy that you like here. And and I'll be honest with you, after listening to you talk about him for, here for a little bit, I think I might, I might have to go back and, and find a way to get him in my lineup here as well. This is a guy that, absent Jamar Chase, he would be the alpha on this team. And I think somebody's going to get, somebody's going to pay this guy to be an alpha on their team next year. I had a, uh, a dynasty trade offer earlier uh, today, somebody trying to get T Higgins off my roster. And I politely told him like, I think I'm going to see how free agency works out for Higgins. I think he's going to get paid and he's going to be a number one receiver this weekend, Farrell. Yeah. And you know, he catches, look, He's going into a free agency year. Chase is sidelined. He's got all lights on him. And he's the kind of guy that catches the ball outside of the window. He can help the quarterback. He, he's he got – the one thing I like about Higgins is I've always liked about him is his strong hands. Once he gets his hands on the ball, and this quarterback's pretty accurate, mm-hmm. once he gets his hands on the ball, he's going to make the catch. And, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals passing attack, it looks like – you know, with Chase and Boyd and Higgins, you begin to think, well, this is a very deep pass. Not really. You take any one of those guys. If you took Higgins away, even if you took Boyd away, the the players that are stepping up are not quite that equal. So I think a great deal of it goes through Higgins. I think we're beginning to repeat ourselves about it. But you know what? Uh, there's guys that have made uh, – the big, big moves in fantasy football relying on Higgins and, and have been uh, rewarded. We call up Craig Campbell, talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. You know, So let's, uh, in the spirit of Craig Campbell, let's go Higgins. Higgins is a guy that I, I think, uh, I and I have him on a few teams, and I'm, I'm going to have to find a way to get him in. Mm-hmm. Now, what about this from Ty R? This is an interesting start-sit uh, question. He's 122nd in the championship round of the FFPC main event. He's got to pick um, these guys at his second flex. One of these guys, George Pickens, Zay Flowers, and Dontavian Wicks, who we're going to get in with our guest, um, uh, John Donaldson, just in, in a couple of minutes here. Um, if Reed is out, he likes Wicks. Now, the problem with this is Pickens plays tomorrow. Um, yeah. So you're not going to know if Reed is out or not. I will say that based on what I've read and saw today, I do think Reed is going to find a way to play uh, this week. So I, I wouldn't count him out. To me, if you can only play one of these guys, Farrell, it's got to be Zay Flowers. I know it's against the Niners, but it's got to be Flowers here. We uh, last week gave Zay Flowers enthusiastically, and I think he put up around two points this past week. It's true, yes. And this answers the question that we asked the same thing about the great veteran Mike Evans last week. Have you seen Mike Evans have two bad games in a row? So at least we were right on Evans. And I think we'll be right on Zay in a chaser game. And this is a team. The 49ers are a team that uh, Lamar Jackson's not going to run for 100 yards against. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, he's not – he's going to have to get rid of the ball. He's going to have to act a little bit more like a quarterback to make sure that body is still standing when the playoffs go. Um, I think that there's a a, a lot of um, – I think there will be a lot of direction towards getting that ball uh, in Flowers' hands. We might see a couple of jet sweeps. We're going to see a lot of uh, very, very short – uh, horizontal passing, uh, the, the vertical game. Uh, it seems like there is no vertical game. We had one of the listeners that talked about Beckham last week, and I think yeah. he was right about Beckham. Um, Bateman fails to impress me. So I am uh, I am all in for this game with Zay Flowers, and nobody's asked about likely, but I will go ahead and say that this player is uh, going to affect the way we look at Andrews next year. And if you have likely on your roster, there's another guy that I got to figure out a way to get on the field. 
Yeah, he is. Uh, well, I'm not going to make the likely pun. I've been doing it all week. I'm not going to do it tonight. So that's your my Christmas gift to you. No bad dad joke from Balky about Isaiah Likely. One more question here from Reddy. Um, this is an interesting one. If Trevor Lawrence plays, is Calvin Ridley a better play than Saquon Barkley? Trevor Lawrence did practice today. Uh, as far as I can tell, he's still in the protocol, but I think he's trending towards being um, cleared and going to be playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the battle for Central Florida uh, this coming Sunday. If Lawrence plays, I actually do like Ridley a little bit better than Barkley, Farrell. Do you mm-hmm. how, weigh in on that? Do you like Barkley? Uh, beg your pardon. Do you like Ridley better than Barkley if Lawrence plays? No. I like Saquon Barkley because of the way he plays football and what he's trying to do. This is an elite player in the National Football League. Ridley is an excellent receiver uh, for a team that has a quarterback that is hurting. And, and, you know, we talk about Joe Placco being healthy. He looks like a different guy. Lawrence, I mean, he's gritty, he's tough, but he's a different guy too. And you know what, Balky Kid Canada left uh, Jacksonville mm-hmm. and was claimed by the New England Patriots. So, so uh, uh, his name is Nathan Rourke. So there's a, there's a, you know, I guess when you say you know uh, Lawrence can barely walk, and I'm still not on the active roster, so he's he's you know he he smells that cooking and moves on. So uh, Lawrence is going to play. Let's hope he stays healthy, gets healthy, and and can play at the way that the you know, fantasy drafters are counting on him to play. Because if you went into this with Trevor Lawrence as your quarterback, you had to feel very, very good about it. Right. And, and now, so I don't know if you have anyone else to play. I uh, know we have someone else to bring on the show right yeah. now. Let's get to our guest. He is a two-time FFPC league winner and sees only six, count them, six teams above him entering week 16 in his pursuit of a million-dollar grand prize in the 2023 Fantasy Pros Championship. Please welcome onto the program the Big Bear himself, the seventh-place team owner in the FFPC Fantasy Pros Championship. It is the incomparable John Donaldson. John, welcome in. How are you, man? Gentlemen, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate it, and Farrell and... Eric, it's a real honor and pleasure. So thank you for having me. Um, happy to be here and, you know, enjoy enjoy the show very much. Oh, so thank, thank you very you, much man. for having me. Well, thank you. We always you read much. the text in the mail. We appreciate all the <laughs> right at the, at the top of the show. You're giving us a Christmas gift here <laughs> with all that. So listen, I want to I, I, I want to lead off with um, your WCOF experience, you know, going back 20 years now. Can you tell us a little bit about, what was going on in your life then, um, and uh, what happened at your very first WCOF draft? Um, well, it's, 2003, it's, right? Yeah, it was back in 2003. So, you know, I've been doing fantasy football. Well, uh, Farrell, you may know this. Back in uh, since '86, when it was called rotisserie football. Yes, sir. Rotisserie. So, I mean, it's it's been a while. So, what happened in 2003 was I was in the middle of a divorce, and I knew I had met her in Vegas. And I knew I was going for week one out to Vegas in the, for the NFL season. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to join Wyckoff and I'm going to figure it out. And I get out there. So I landed and I went to FedEx and I mailed the divorce papers back to her from there uh, since I originally met her there. And then I got into the Wyckoff, you know, for second year. And uh, it was, you know, at first it's a little intimidating. You get there and everyone's got their computers and everything, you know, back even back then. And so we're sitting there at the table and all of a sudden, you know, they go to announce the winners. We're getting ready to draft or the winner from the previous year. And it turns out he's in our league. So he stands up and everyone claps and congratulates him. And now even more, a little more intimidating, if you know what I mean. So then we proceed to go through the, the, the start the draft and everything. And for, got a break after round nine or 10 or whatever it was. And it wasn't really like, okay, his team is okay. He's drafted number three or whatever it was. And, and the guy who was the moderator came up and he said, I really like to me, like, like my team. So I was pretty confident of that, but what, what was really interesting was, so week one comes around and I'm brand new to the whole transaction thing of thousand dollars and all this. And week one happened and the guy the, who won the, the week before or the year before, in week one, put $980 bid on Anquan Bolden. Had to have him. Had to have him. And I, you know, I, I didn't know what, you know, what, I thought you're supposed to save it all, 
you know, for you know, or you know, over the course of the year. Well, obviously that helped him tremendously. And you know, I think he made it, you know, number four or something like that into the playoffs. But that really opened my eyes to a lot of things. And that was this guy obviously wanted him. So mm-hmm. if you want somebody, go get him. Yes, sir. You know, and that, you know, I learned that the hard way a long time ago. You know how it is. You want a guy and he gets picked right before you all the time and all that right. stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you listen to people, you know, media, us, you know, you guys, you know, you listen, you rate them and all that. But if you want someone, go get them. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if it's you think they're supposed someone's saying they're supposed to be drafted in the fifth round. If you want them in the third round, get them. Yeah. Because, you know, a perfect example that of that this year is Keenan Allen. Yeah. You know, I mean, I didn't wait on Keenan Allen most of my leagues. I went and got him. I, mm. I just I just had a good feeling with Kellen Moore coming in. And I'm a little bit different than most guys. Um, I have a football background. So I've coached college football, coached high school football, and all that type of stuff. Um, I've worked in the NFL, more sports and, you know, marketing sponsorships and that. Uh, but I, I just have a different – I have a foot – I use a football perspective from it. So in the beginning of the year – when they change, when they come out with everybody writes up like Emil and Bob Harris and they write up on the coordinators, I read all that. Mm-hmm. And that to me is very important mm-hmm. on how everything is going to transpire. And the one thing that I think everybody should, this is a little tip that should just kind of reel in for people is whenever you have a new coordinator, a new head coach, I'll tell you right now, it's anywhere from six to 10 weeks before those guys figure it out on their teams. Mm-hmm. And it's it'll take time to kind of get going. So if you look at the new coordinators this year and go back and look, yeah, I think you can see it plays out that way. So I kind of use a football perspective when I do a lot of my stuff. And that's that's kind of my unique well, how and, I go after it. And Bear, you're exactly right. That's why we that's why we used to have a six game preseason. You know, that's yes. why. You, and and now you you have a three game preseason, and uh, you have limited practices. And you're exactly right. I talk to players around the NFL. You know, they're getting ready to start the season. He go the, how are you going to look? Well, we're going to be okay if the young guys know where to line up. Well, and you you know we we had that. Yeah. We, you, you gotta you gotta know where to line up. And you're yes. exactly right. I yes. I talk to players all the time, and and uh, in. Uh, team owners in, in the KFFSC, the FFPC. And, you know, you want to talk to me about players from Carolina. You want to talk to me about players from the Chargers. What about some of these teams that have the finest athletes, the finest players, and a coaching staff that's been locked up solid for four or five years? Wow. You know, and you did 49ers. You talk about going to get players. Ayuk, Balky, where could you get him? Right. It, it, well, are you talking about in the in what In round? the draft. In this past draft, where could you get oh, Ayuk? I mean, I he, was he, went seven, he went seven and eight. Yeah, I, 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 I sit around. I sit around and watched uh, many drafts uh, come along with Christian McCaffrey going four, five, six. Uh, you know, uh, going, it's uh, it's hard to believe some of the things that we that we saw in the drafts. And well, it, and that just back to the media kind of saying these guys are the best. And you know, hey, Justin Jefferson is, but is he really number one in the in a fantasy football draft? Now, granted, if he has a full year, but. He didn't have a full year, and right. we all know how that goes. But, mm-hmm. you know, getting back, Farrell, what you just said, Eric and I know better than anybody. Week one, they come in in the past couple of years, Aaron Rodgers. He yeah. never started well. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he, he was week three, week four before things got going. I can remember when they played the New Orleans Saints and they got smoked 31 in, to three. In Jacksonville, too. Like it well, wasn't even the, that I New mean, Orleans. A lot of these guys, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's just. So you're right on 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 the the whole preseason thing. So you got to be careful on that stuff. And you know, again, we all draft number one. We all think our guys are going to, you know, take off and stuff like that. The one thing I learned, I used a long time ago, is a little theory of that's I call it the Larry Fitzgerald and Deshaun Jackson. You know, who do you want? Do you want more explosive or do you want 15 points a game? Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, now if you have a couple Larry Fitzgeralds, then then you go after the Deshaun Jackson. You know, but you got to build your team that way, right? And you know, kind of, kind of get those those solid guys, and then you got to take your shots with a few guys that are you know above and beyond that are going to get you those 
35-point games. And I'm waiting for somebody in the chat room to say, who in the hell is Larry Fitzgerald? You know, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. How about how about, how about about Bobby Hebert, Roger Craig? And- <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, come on. Bobby Hebert. Tom, Tom Rathman. I'm trying to think of all the other great Niners on that. Like, it was Rice and Taylor, Rathman, Roger Craig. Joe um, Montana, Steve Young. I mean, that that now that was a fantasy oh, offense, right? So there. boys that can play football. How about the tight end? I mean, right? You know, you kept going. All those guys right down the road. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I mean, it was those were the those were truly the days. I mean, you could go the Christian Okoyos and all those guys. You right. know, I mean, you know, it's it's just kind of fun to reminisce. And I I I used to work for I used to work for the Denver Broncos for a short period of time, and uh, we had a couple drafts and we had some interns. And so I said, I was back in, you know, doing the drafts way back in the early 80s. And so I go, I'll bring in my roster. So I bring it in and it's, you know, it's typed and it's all stapled together. And one of the interns, it was a girl. She goes, what's that? And I go, what do you mean? What's that? Well, how did they do that? I go, a typewriter. She goes, what's that? <laughs> so, it, you know, it's, it's like, oh, wow, I'm showing my age here. <laughs> right, right. But, it, you know, hey, we, you know, we all know we have good buddies through the years and fantasy football keeps us all together. You know, we all have friends that we haven't even met yet. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. kind of one of those deals, too. So um, it's, it's a community. It's a fraternity. And it's a joy to be part of it. I'll be honest with you. I agree. I have to say this too. That divorce story reminds me because my wife watches these shows every now and then. And in case she's watching, I want to wish her a happy anniversary tonight. <laughs> the divorce story reminds me of that. So happy anniversary, well, honey. I'll be uh, home soon. But on, but on top of that, happy belated birthday to you. So oh, yeah. I know yep. I know Thank you had it about you know about two weeks or three weeks ago. Yeah, it, so, it was about a, uh yeah, about three weeks or so ago. So yeah. happy belated. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, you've already shared with us tonight, John that you worked as a high school coach, a college football coach, you worked in the NFL for the Broncos. What are you doing nowadays when you're not hanging around the top of the leaderboard of the fantasy pros championship? Well, the, the, you know, everyone knows if you work in sports, you kind of travel the country, right? I mean, it's been, you go all over the place. And um, my, my, the, the story about me, it's kind of funny is I moved to Colorado in 98 and five different times I moved away and right up until 2014, and I took my niece to dinner and I said, I got some bad news. And I, I, her name is Lauren. And she goes, why? What's going on? I said, well, I'm moving to Florida. And without even missing a beat, because this was the fifth time, she goes, that's okay. You'll be back. <laughs> and, <laughs> so two years later, I was back and I started my own uh, construction company. I'm, it's called Big Bear Deck Company. So hence the Big Bear. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have Big Bear contractors. So we do high end decks and custom decks and. Then we do, we're doing a lot of different big bear contractors is like interior or like some buildings and things of that nature, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Metal buildings, you know, all that type of stuff. So I'm very fortunate. Um, you know, one of my guys, my main guy, Jason, he uh, he's in a couple dynasty leagues. So I try to, we try to talk about a lot of the future stuff, which is great because you know how dynasty leagues are. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, honestly, I know you're thinking T Higgins, right? Well, you know, trade him for a a Jaleel McLaughlin or something like that, right? I mean, you know, it's one of those things to me that's, you know, you got to find those gems, right, in the dynasty. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and that's, you got to, you have got to have the forward thinking. That's what's beautiful about the dynasty leagues. And that's a long time time ago why I got into this is that. He reminds me, the bear reminds me of our boys from Kentucky, uh, uh, Cox and Hawley mm-hmm. because he's sitting right here at seventh place in the FFPC and he's talking about dynasty and building stuff and going to Florida. He's not giving anything up. I want you to give one thing up to me because, you know, those guys that, that, that meandered over from the Wyckoff probably waiting on their check. They, they, they came on over and they sit down next to you, and they said, I know that guy from my Wyckoff days, and he hadn't learned a damn thing. He's waiting till the ninth round in the FFPC to draft a tight end, and then he ends up with Njoku. And I'm going to say, just just how in the hell did you figure out a way to get into seventh place by drafting Njoku in the ninth round? And do you always do crazy-ass shit like that? Well, things like that? You, you, Farrell, you'll understand this better than anybody. Hmm. Ten years prior, 
I drafted Antonio Gates in the 15th round. No, uh, yeah, I love that. I love that. That's, that's, that's right? You got to find the hidden gems. So yeah, I no, agree. I, I'll be honest. And the other thing I, with that league, you say one of my best, you know, transactions of, for some reason, I think it was going on a buy and a guy dropped, uh, um, Al, um, uh, Jay Ferguson. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So I, you know, there was a perfect example of, Oh, he's on my team. No, I'm going to look at your waiver wires and ask you. Right. And and look at Balky's got a Packer he wants to ask you about. Balky always gets all the Packers. Well, yeah, yeah, it's sort of. I don't even know who the Packer players are. Unfortunately, it's not the Indianapolis Colts with Peyton Manning. (laughs) Do do they still have Carol Dale, Balky? No, Carol Dale not on the team anymore. No more Carol Dale. But uh, let let me ask you this, John. Um, Right now, you have Dontavian Wicks, or at least when I looked at your lineup earlier this morning, you had Dontavian Wicks in your starting lineup. Jaden Reed is questionable. Christian Watson, doubtful. Is Wicks going to stay in your starting lineup this week? Well, here's the thing. Uh, You know, I I believe in two things, one from early on and one right now. One early on is draft good players on good teams with great offenses. I mean, that's – you know, when it comes down to it, and unfortunately, and, and this isn't a knock on any Bear fans, but it kind of is. Um, I wasn't drafting any Bears this year. You know, I mean, it just wasn't, you know, draft the Chargers, draft the, you know, 49ers, draft, you know, go right down the list, Cowboys and all that. But Dontavian Wicks, so, you know, I, that's kind of my theory when I start drafting. But Dontavian Wicks is absolutely staying in my lineup the rest of the way. And the reason is this. Um, I'm sure if you, Eric, you know this of all, I call him the um, Isaiah Pacheco of the wide receivers. This guy is, he's different. He, I mean, you get the ball in his hands, he's not coming down. Mm-hmm. And with, you know, Jaden Reed's great. Okay. But being a Packer fan, you and I questioned the two point conversion when they ran the ball to him, yeah, you know, that, running around that, the corner. I, not I, a good you know, call. Not we, a good call. We're, we're going, what, what is he doing? And, <laughs> He's going to be hurt. He's going to be banged up a little bit this week. I love the guy. Don't get me wrong. But Dontavian Wicks, he brings a different – they were t- – so if you do – you know, every team, everybody who who owns, has a favorite team with us, the Packers, Browns, Denver Broncos, you know, just go right down the list. They hear the coach talk about people in the beginning of the year, right, way back. And Lafleur was talking about Wex, mm-hmm. and you know that's when you when you hear that. Now he stepped into Lazard's place. Well, he's going to be he's the guy who's running. He's going to be the blocking guy. So you know he's going to take over that position. Well, he's going to be in the lineup. So for me, I don't care if Christian Watson comes back. Dontavian Wicks is in the lineup, and Packer. as you guys know, this is and we all know this, and the guys who are who've been near the top for years and all this type of stuff. Right now, all of us, we all have certain players why we're at the top, right? I mean, McCaffrey, CeeDee mm-hmm. Lamb, you go right down the list, right? You got to have the one guy yep. or two guys that is not going to be in other guys' lineups that you have a chance. You know, you got to take mm, that risk yeah. to kind of get above everybody else and accumulate, and it's like we all know, it's not – the 15 points he scores, it's really over 30 because those other people don't have him in there. The outlaw, the outlier and the difference maker. Now I, and you know, I'll say something about the Green Bay Packers. Ever since Balky took to the air in Wisconsin, uh, their drafting has improved mightily. I can't probably say, you know, Balky, the investigative reporter that he is, is bringing the heat. And uh, but something's happening over there, so I'm gonna give credit to Balky. But you know, and, and we gave we gave credit to the quarterback. Yeah, we we liked the quarterback. I'm mm-hmm. looking at your waiver wire, and now I see where you're. I see where you're making your your big effort on this team. Jordan Love, which I, I'd be curious how often you've used him. We've been behind him on the show. Uh, I I took a back seat to Ferguson and let Balky run with it, and and he was right on Ferguson. More dead center bulky, I think, than any player we talked about this year. And as soon as I saw the ball come off Brandon Aubrey's foot, I I, dra- I dropped every kicker, even <laughs> even Tucker. I dropped every kicker I could to to put uh, Aubrey put the Dallas kicker on my team. So Aubrey is is and he rewards us uh, two weeks ago with twenty four points. So the waiver wire 
you you may be you may be getting it done at the draft, but the waiver wire has been very very good to you this year with those players. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you, and, and you know that's we all know that that's part of it. You have to you have to do that. You got to you have to mind that. You know that's there's a reason why we always say draft kickers last. Like there's no we all know that. I mean there's no reason to have that guy you know on there. And defenses, I think there's a a legitimate claim not to pick them twelve, but certainly to pick them of 13 or like 14, 15, 16, if you really like somebody like Dallas this year, I mean, that's a great pick, you know? And, but from Jordan Love's perspective for me was I had, I had Herbert by himself for like three weeks and then I'm coming up and I'm going, yeah, okay. Like this isn't going to work if we go in. I mean, I got to have some sort of backup and I don't know, some guy dropped love and I'm like, you know what? He's right on that cusp mm-hmm. of I know he wasn't playing well, but we know, Eric, that he wasn't terrible. Right. I mean, he's some of the statistics might not have been great, but when he's got the longest downfield throws, they're just not catching them. And we know how often Watson drops them. Yeah. You know, it's it, it, you're going like, hey, this guy's there's something going on here that's pretty good. And so I gotta be honest, you know. You know, we all know, like, hey, we all hope that, I, you know, I'd love to finish first and all that type of stuff. You know, we know it's a pipe dream and all that type of stuff. But you got to, to me, you got to position yourself week one. Week two is set up, right? It's, you got to be somewhere near the top, mm-hmm. you know. And then week three is, to me, you got to take that shot with a player or two that either people don't have or people aren't going to play. Yeah. And you might not, you might, you know, roll craps. But at the same time, you know, you might hit the hard eight. And, you know, for, for so that's kind of where it's at on that. And you kind of, in my belief, that's kind of where I am. So I'm hoping for the setup this week and I can kind of stick around up there mm-hmm. and then roll the hard eight on the last week of the season. Um, let, let's talk about Josh Palmer here. Is he that type of guy? Because he came Absolutely. back off IR. Four catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown his first game back. That was with Easton Stick. Obviously, no Justin Herbert. How relevant is he going to be over these next couple of weeks? Not only is he relevant, you know, to me, he's, you know, he's going to be that guy that is easily 16 to 25 points the rest of the year. And, Mm. you know, you look at it, okay, okay, Easton Sticks, whatever. Uh, You know, he's not, you know, he's okay. He's good. But they also, their offense didn't change the whole year. So if they can just kind of move the ball a little bit, I think the Raiders game was a little bit of an anomaly, right? I yeah. mean, they you know, throw the game out. So they're still going to, you know, be okay. But I think we all know they're not playing Keenan Allen the rest of the year. So they got to mm-hmm. go to somebody, you know. So, and I think Eckler too will have a better end of the year than, um, than he's been having, to be honest with you. But Palmer, Palmer is, he's, he's in my lineup if I can. You know, I got a couple decisions in one league with with him and Jonathan Taylor and Wicks, and I'm like, all right, where do I go here? You know, that kind of a thing. So, I mean, it's 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 a tough issue, but in the top league for me, I, I have Keenan Allen, so I was hoping he'd come back, but probably not. Easton Stick, uh, after, you know, had to look at what happened in the Raiders game and then come back to the facility and realize, hey, I still got a job. So right. it can't get any worse. You, can, you know, it's only right. it's only going to get better for him. Here's a question. Um, I, you know, with your background in coaching, this is perfect. You, you question for you. You take a look at Jarek McKinnon and all he's done, and he comes out, and when they call on him, he comes out, and it's impressive. And it always seems to be in the last quarter of the season, and you expect him to be more of a guy the next year and he disappears into a rotation where he appears to be the last yeah. in the rotation. Yeah. And he's done it again. As a coach, how do you put that type of production and, and let Isaiah Pacheco return to his normal volume? Or do you say, look, we, we're, you know, Pacheco's coming back. Let's play them both. Let's get – how do you handle that and what do you what do you think the Chiefs can do with it because well this is is a big thing absolutely is going to be a key player no no question it but it's a matchup thing you know you come back with Pacheco I mean you gotta have when you're when you're there's two things we you know I grew up 
way back under, you know, watching Purcells and certainly Lombardi and all that type of stuff. And, and why the Chiefs haven't run the ball a little bit more? They got a great mm-hmm. offense, you know, offense, and Andy Reid's awesome. But when when Pacheco's running well, even when they don't have anybody, I made huge mistakes on Tony this year. But Pacheco is, you know, he's a great running back, mm-hmm. and he gets the points. So I believe he will come back and get his points. But McKinnon is pure matchup, and you have mm-hmm. to look at you when when you look at these things, you know, like the Patriots. They really aren't that great against the running back, you know, mm-hmm. against a guy going in the flat and things of that mm-hmm. nature, you know. So to me, you have to look at the matchup in McKinnon. Um, I don't think you can just throw him out. Obviously, last week with Pacheco being out, if you're in a bind, McKinnon was an easy start. Mm-hmm. You know, I started easy. McKinnon earlier in the year because of the matchup, and that's when he scored his lone touchdown. You know, so mm-hmm. you just have to really kind of dig deeper. And I think what happens – and this is what I tell a lot of the guys, specifically my my guy Jason. He's only twenty nine, but when you when you look at fantasy football and you do all this, you and I look at it from a coaching perspective all the time. I really do. But when you look at fantasy football and you think something's going to happen and you really believe it, you know, and all these guys are saying, giving you all this information. Well, that's great, but you still have to make the decision, mm-hmm. and when you make the decision, you got to live with it. And that comes down to coaching and it comes down to your question about, should we play Pacheco? Should we put in McKinnon and how, how does he match up against the outside linebackers, you know, on running your rub routes and things of that nature. And so, uh, you know, that comes down to that, but I mean, honestly, don't, what happens a lot of times in fantasy football is guys listen to the guys on the internet and read and all this type of stuff. And then they make a decision based on that instead of what they believe. Mm-hmm. And what they see, and what they what they see. When what fantasy see. players start talking to me about how players move and how excited they are and physicality and things like that, I say, well, hell, you know, he's going to have one of his better years he's ever had, especially if the guy's good in all other aspects of the game. Because right. when they start well, talking about player movement traits and characteristics, I say this guy's really getting it. The other thing is that we both – I think we all know being a little bit older is, and, and specifically from the year before, but certainly the past week, do not base their performance on starting next week on what happened last week. Yep. You, you, you literally have to have, you know, turn that one off and say, We're okay. trying to push it out there play. saying every week is a new season. It, it really is. And if you don't look at it like that, and that's coaching too. So mm-hmm. you really have to look at each week is brand new, even though it's influenced a little bit by what happened the week before. Right. I mean, how, mm-hmm. and, Let's talk to the Gabe Davis owners, right? I mean, how many times has he thrown a donut this year, right? But, you know, you come down to it this year, you know, right now, and, you know, he's going against the 30th-ranked defense or, a you know, pass defense for sure. So I, I, you, should you? I don't know. I mean, he hasn't really, you know, done anything. But honestly, he could hang a 20 spot in, in sure. our game. Very what good. about what about John? It's something that a lot of people are facing this week. Keaton Mitchell, obviously, uh, we we hope he makes a full recovery from that nasty knee injury. But the fact of the matter is, he's not going to be gumming up the works in the Ravens' right. backfield anymore. It's going to be Justice Hill. It's going to be Gus Edwards. What kind of numbers do you think Gus Edwards puts up this week against the Niners in San Francisco? I, and I think Snow? I think Gus Edwards is a solid play, and here's why: you go back and look at everybody who's done well against 49ers, and they've been guys inside the tackle. And honestly, where does Gus Edwards live? He lives inside. Mm-hmm. And I, I think personally, Gus Edwards will be do really well. Now, uh, and I say that let's let's let, let me reference that by, let's say he does has a twelve to eighteen point week. You know, somewhere in there. I really do. I think he'll have a solid week. Even though Mitchell, hey, Mitchell's dynamic. There's no question about it. I mean, I made my mistake this year, and I know a lot of guys are with me. I drafted J.K. Dobbins and probably. 80% of my leagues. Wow. And I missed, you know, but on the flip side of that, I probably drafted um, Mostert in 70% of my leagues. Nice. So I got lucky, you know what I mean, on that side of it. So, mm-hmm. but I, again, Ravens is as great as Lamar Jackson is and all that. 
And, you know, you don't base Zay Flowers on last week by, by any means. Mm-hmm. You know, this week is a whole new week, and I do like Isaiah likely. Um, but I do think Gus Edwards will have a solid week. You know, they can't win the game without running the ball. There's no way. You know, they're going to play defense for sure. You know, and, you know, the old adage, you know, defense wins championships. But they got to be able to run the ball to keep the 49ers, you know, off the field. And so I think Gus Edwards is a big part of the game plan this week. When we were kids, uh, the, the the family would always save the biggest gift for last. And I think that's where we are with Christmas weekend football because this, this uh, night of Ravens, that's the big gift of the weekend. Everything it really is. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just a prelude to that. Uh, what's your toughest decision you've got to make this week? Well, I, mean, I don't really like them, <laughs> but I played them last week. And that's Terry McLaurin. And uh, – I had a great week. So obviously the first thought is play me in this week, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But you know, he's playing the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I mean that's not a good matchup. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why I was hoping Keenan Allen would come back. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I literally my on my team, and you know, I look at my the team that's number seven, and you look at it, if you look at it, you're going, Yeah, that's okay. There's nothing special about it, you know, but the guys produced. But I think, you know, I think I really will switch out McLaurin for Gabe Davis. I think Gabe Davis will go in and, you know, because I, I, I don't want McLaurin against, going against Sauce Gardner. You know, I'll tell you, Robert Saleh, great. He's a, he's a good head coach, but he's a better defense coordinator. Right. And, you know, the Jets are playing well defensively. And I, I just think that that's, that one itself is really, really a tough you know, a tough matchup for them. And, you know, the Jets, they're going to want to end on a good note, right? I mean, you know, I, you know, Rodgers is there kind of pumping them up and all that type of stuff. You know, there's there's a lot of good energy in the Jets camp. I agree. And so that I don't think a lot of people see that part of it. So I, I do think the Jets will play really well this week. And I'm scared for McLaurin. I really am. I, yeah. I like him, but I don't know if I can leave him in the starting lineup. Yeah, it, it would be tough. It's a tough sell. It's a very tough sell. Now, yep. uh, John, we do have a couple of emails from you. I think you just answered one. Allen, New York, against the Chargers this week, Khalil Shakir or Gabe Davis. You're saying Davis over Shakir then, right? Uh, I, I think it's a toss-up, but I do like Davis. He's one of those guys that we all know, like, you know, two years ago, right? I mean, he had four touchdowns and 200 yep. yards. I mean, he, there's a real good chance that, you know, they, they the Bills need to win. Chargers are lost. You know, I mean, that's the scary part there is that game could be, you know, 30 to nothing in the first half. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's a great point. Um, the other email we have, Ron in Midlands, Texas. Uh, can you explain how Cortland Sutton has had such a great bounce back season? Thank you, John. Thank you for the email, Ron. We it's, appreciate it, you. Cortland Sutton, I mean, this is right your neck of the woods. How, how did yeah. he put this campaign together this year, John? Um, two words, Sean Payton. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton is Michael Thomas. I, it's it's really obvious, and you know he his you everyone can everyone likes Jerry Judy. Um, I don't know that the guy will be there next year. He's yeah. he everyone says he's a great run, run, runner coming out of college and all that stuff. And Matt Ben, but you know, in fairness to Judy, he came into a new offense again this year. But Cortland Sutton, he meshes with with Sean Payton and. Right when the first three happened or the first two touchdowns happened, he never left my starting lineup after that. I know he had a bad week, one week where he had like 10 points or six points or something. But when you look at that matchup, you look at not the matchup. When you look at the relationship with Wilson and Sutton and then Sean Payton, as much as Sean Payton, as he runs the ball. We all know that now. He wants to run the football, but he also it's a play action situation there and. Cortland Sutton is excelling in that situation. Wayshill Dulcich's uh, um, the tight end comes back. Once he's mm-hmm. back, they're going to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, with him splitting the seam, I'm telling you, they're 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 itching for this guy to come back. So, and when and when you talk about coordinators, a simple plan that should be executed. And I don't think he ever should have left the Chargers, and uh, that's Lombardi. And when you put Lombardi in that room, yeah, with a DC or, or as the OC over at Denver. Well, I think that enhanced a lot well, of situations. I, I, for me personally, and I love I I worked in a internet kind of marketing things right after 
the Broncos out in San Diego. So I got to know a lot of the Chargers guys. Mm. And uh, so I'm a little partial to the Chargers a little bit. I know some of the guys there. But the one thing that I would love to see personally for them is Dan Quinn go to the Chargers. And then I think he would keep Kellen Moore. Now the question is, does Dan Quinn want to, you know, work for Spanos's? You know, that kind of thing. So, you know, it, it's th- that always comes in because we always get the thing. Why didn't Kyle Shanahan come to, you know, come to Denver? Well, you know, oh, they, they the Broncos didn't want him. It's not that. I think Mike Shanahan was in his ear going, that ownership group is a mess. You don't want any part of that, mm-hmm. you know. And so just find out. And when the 49ers came along, because there's a lot of Bronco fans that say he should be here. Why didn't they go after him? You know, behind the scenes aspect of that is he probably didn't want to be here because the ownership group wasn't set in place yet. So I think it's going to be, well, we all know it's going to be an interesting last couple of weeks. So Mm. I certainly hope I can stay, stay near the top of the board. So we'll see what happens, but um, there's, you know, we still got a lot of decisions to make here. So if you come up with any miracle decisions and you really know something inside uh, information, send it my way, would you? <laughs> We're betting on you to hit the hard eight, big man. We're betting I'm on you to the hit hard the eight to come through. Let me tell you. You might refer to the hard eight from now on as the big bear. <laughs> big bear's hard eight. Big bear's hard eight. I love it. I love it. Big bear. <laughs> Um, Farrell, uh, fresh out of emails, am I? Would you like to ask uh, John one final question? Oh, I got about a million uh, questions that uh, I would like to to ask. Um, and you you really did shine a light on a few things. Help the mm-hmm. guys this week understand someone that they should get in the lineups. We can't talk. We, we can't use anybody we've already talked about. Talk to them about someone that you think is not going to deliver. You're a good matchup guy, so talk about a guy that's in a wow. matchup that he just cannot convert. Well, I've got a couple guys in mind, but I I'd rather hear yours. Let me start with one that you should have in your lineup, and Eric will probably agree with me on this, but he'll probably not be happy like me, but – Put Chubba Hubbard in your lineup. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm mean, on board. I'm on board. I for mean, sure. Chubba Hubbard is, I, I if they're going to even, and they're going to compete, but if they're going to, they're gonna, he's going to do well. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to, if he gets a touchdown, he's he's a 20, 22 point guy easy and against the Packers. And, you know, again, unless the Packers were healthy defensively, that would change things. Um, but I think Chubba yeah, Hubbard changed things for me. That, uh, well, I'm telling you that 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 defense that they roll out there every week, they are just asking to get killed on the ground. And, and <laughs> Hubbard Hubbard I, has been able to do this against good defenses, so I think he has uh, a big. big so, uh, real quick, Eric, I, I'm I'm a defensive coach, so I love the I I personally love the 13-10 games. I, I I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a 13. I I love those games, and I can't agree with you more. And we grew up in the real basic side of things when we were in college. Um, we had what was called force, secondary force, fill, wind back, and play action. Had to happen on both sides of the ball. I haven't seen it on one side of the weak side at all the whole year for the Packers. And I'm like, where are these guys? And uh, it's a simple concept that we teach not only in college, but certainly in high school. That there's got to be these, you know, these guys have to have plays in case the play goes either way every single time. The Packers don't have that. And that, I struggle with that. But, hey, I mean, we all know that, and personally, I don't think the guy's going to be around next year. You know, so, I mean, unfortunately for him, you know, it comes down to, you know, we're going to be, I think, I I don't know how the guy, I don't know how the floor keeps the guy. but. Yeah. You know, again, we'll find out. As for one guy probably not to have in your lineup, you know, this might come as a little bit of a surprise because I I don't know. um, I just – and I know they play on – I think it's Monday night. I'm not sure. I don't know if you put Jacoby Myers in your lineup. Um, I I just – we all know that he struggled the past couple weeks, and they're probably going to take away Devontae Adams. But – I don't know that I would risk him against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are really balanced in the secondary. And 
Um, you know, you, we all say that, right? And all of a sudden the guy goes off and has, you know, 30 points. But yeah. I, I really think the Chiefs, you know, they're playing for something. Yeah. You know, going down to it. They got to really shut everybody down. Um, Devontae Adams is going to get his, you know, eight catches for uh-huh. 70 yards. And I, I think they, you know, if I if I was defense coordinator there, I'd take away everybody, let Adams get whatever he is because one guy is yeah. going to beat him. And, yeah. you know, the Raiders want to see a little more Trey Tucker who, who shot yeah, right. that, that's and, exactly, and the tight end. That's exactly right. The tight end was right, coming alive there. So that's exactly okay. right. Exactly you know, so right. that, that there, that's a good, that's a good one. So the, that is a good one uh, for sure. And um, I will say that uh, Trey Tucker wasn't even on my radar um, mm-hmm. until last week. And now I'm looking at him for dynasty purposes. Absolutely. Too. We'll no see what happens question. with him. Um, John, listen, this has been so much fun. I apologize. We nice. kept you a little bit later. Um, but so thankful for all the entertainment and the information that you could bring to our viewers and to me and Farrell tonight, too. Right. Seventh place in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Hit that heart eight, baby, and we'll have you back on <laughs> Thanks, when, you, you guys. when you win the million dollars again. Right. Uh, you guys, you so guys are fun. a world of information to all of us. And oh. keep up the phenomenal work. We really appreciate having this type of feedback back and forth and having people on that can you know give this type of information. And you guys have a platform to deliver that, and it's been phenomenal. So great job, and kudos to you guys. Congrats, and thank you very much. Merry Christmas to you and all your families and all the listeners, and we really appreciate it, and I look forward to you know meeting you guys in the future. Absolutely. Merry Christmas to you, John. Right. Be good. Enjoy Week 16, dude. Yep, and let's root for that heart eight. Heart eight, baby. The big bear heart eight. All right, guys. Merry Christmas. Thank you. That is John Donaldson, the seventh place team owner in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Heading into week 16, what a treat it was to to have him on uh, and pick his brain. And certainly uh, anytime you get a guy that not only is this high up on the leaderboard, Farrell, but has a football background, we could have done this for three or four hours. Well, you can tell he loves football. And that's the – he reminds me of the kind of guy, uh, you know – when I was especially getting my start as a player agent, I'd look down at the lobby bar and I'd see a bunch of old heads down there that, you know, were lining up for the late night happy hour. And I would go down and, and, you know, I cut my teeth on learning football between uh, 10 PM and 1 AM, you know, with guys like him sitting around the bar telling stories. And it's, it's a great way uh, to realize that when you have, a guy with that background coming in and playing fantasy football. And he was in, you know, he should be proud of his marketing department work with NFL teams because that's the one job that if you're good at, you really keep, you know, the head coach has got to have a winning record and maybe get in the playoffs a few times. You just have to keep selling. You know? yeah. And yeah. I, I think, I think uh, big bear could probably sell. Right. I think he could that's too. what I'm thinking. Uh, no question. Too. Um, I think, uh, we're going to put a cap on the show tonight because it's, we're a little bit past 10 o'clock. Um, and, uh, and it is my anniversary, so I should be getting home here shortly, but Happy anniversary. thank you, Farrell. I appreciate it. I will say that everybody needs to be going to KFFSC.com. Mm-hmm. Remind me again, is that the place that, that you want to go in order to, to get, um, you know, I, I don't want to say like verify or anything, but confirm their appearance. Um, at yes. the at, at the Super Sunday party, right. we we uh, the, the party and draft uh, ninety six spots. We've got about thirty remaining. We also have big payback, which is thousand dollar entry fee. There, the, the Super Sunday is three hundred dollars. Uh, come and play as much as you want, as little as you want. Uh, thanks for outreach of our, our old pal Chuck Root, who joined uh, three teams. He's the latest guy to jump in. Uh, we're going to have a sellout, and we're going to have it quickly, Balky, so I want you to get your teams. Yep. But, yeah, it's a great way to get started with us. And, you know, if the demand exists, we'll add uh, not within the the umbrella of the Sweet 16 because that's limited to 96 teams, $300 entry, $10,000 uh, grand prize. But we, uh, we will have uh, a big payback, and perhaps we'll add a couple of ancillaries if, if – uh, we get a few more people down there that want to draft, but it's yeah. a great place to come and be for the game. I'm on it. I'm on it right now. KFFSC.com. Click on the super Sunday, sweet 16s. Click on the super Sunday, big payback. If you want to get registered for those again, KFFSC.com is where to go. My goodness. What a show. Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Very thankful for, uh, that, that you have uh, uh, been my co-pilot on this journey all season long. And we got some big prizes to award, not only in the KFFSC, but in the FFPC in the next coming weeks. 
uh, and hopefully we'll get some of these winners on the show tonight, uh, on the show in the coming weeks to talk all about it. Farrell, have a great holiday season. We'll do this again next Friday. See you then, buddy. You got it. Farrell Elliott, the, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, KFFSC.com is where you want to go for that. That will complete tonight's festivities. I want to give a shout out to John Donaldson, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, each and every one of you for hanging out and watching tonight. We will be back live at 10 o'clock Eastern time next Friday with another special guest. You can check out, in case you missed it, Tuesday's Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown with 18 time FFPC champion and fantasymojo.com owner Darren Armani. Uh, the show will return live this Tuesday night with the 14th place team owner in the Fantasy Pros Championship, a guy who's won countless leagues in not only the FFPC, but the KFFSC as well, and that is Brad Cruz, will be my guest 10 o'clock on the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown on Tuesday night. You can check out the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network on any of the FFPC socials, in case you missed last night's show. Two full hours with Fantasy Pros, Pat Fitzmorris, a really fun time with him, and then this coming Thursday, we're going to keep it in the Fantasy Pros family. Nate Polvolt will be my guest co-host for the show. That starts Thursday at 7 o'clock, right into Thursday Night Football. Go to myffpc.com to play in the FFPC Weekly Challenges. You can play in the Saturday Challenge, the Sunday Challenge. Remember, Saturday locks at 4.30 tomorrow. Sundays will lock at 1 p.m. You can play with 10 players or 12 players if you want to play with kickers and defenses. Get those lineups in. Only one player per team. Watch the points pile up. $35 to enter or $200 to enter, and you can win up to $2,000. $500. The FFPC playoff challenges are also here at myffpc.com. No draft or salary cap there. You're going to choose your 12 players that you want for the remainder of the postseason or the start of the postseason all the way through the end of it. You can't change them during it. It's a literally a set it and forget it. 12 players, watch them ride throughout the playoffs. You want to enter for $200, you can take a shot at a $500,000 grand prize. You can enter for $35. Uh, to try to win a $100,000 grand prize as well. That's all at myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, and click the notification bell so you get notified every time we go live. The next time will be Tuesday night at 10 o'clock Eastern with Brad Cruz and myself. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. We'll do it again next week. But for now, your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Just a final courtesy, I want to remind everybody that we have a 4.30 kickoff tomorrow, so make sure you're getting those lineups in early uh, for Week 16. Uh, two games tomorrow night. One uh, is going to be on Peacock, the, the, the Saturday night game. Um, but make sure you get your lineups in for that and then get them lined in, uh, get those players in lined up for uh, one o'clock on Sunday. Happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. And uh, may the ball bounce your way this weekend. We'll talk with you a week from today. Thanks so much.